0: Okay, here I go. I know I always I hate, do the radio. I always do, like the the radio the voice. announcer voice. Well, welcome yeah. to Popping Collars. <laughs> oh, all right. I wish I had like helium right now. To... okay. Welcome to Popping Collars, the podcast that shows a little leg at the intersection of religion oh. and pop culture. Oh my! So why why oh. not stop and let us hop in for the ride? <laughs> How's that? Wow. That's great. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Here's a take two. <laughs> it's that time. Christmas
1: time is here. Everybody knows.
0: Well, folks, it's that time of year again. Wreaths have been hung, cars whiz down the highway with trees strapped on their rooftops, eggnog and window displays are offered at every turn, and in each public place you enter are those songs, both familiar and remote, like the childhood memories they trigger. Yes, my friends. It's Advent season once more. (laughs) (laughs) Or as the seculars like to call it, Christmas time. We here at Popping Collars have gotten into the spirit this year big time. In fact, I'm surprised we've never done this before, as far as I know. A Christmas-themed podcast where we take a closer look at some of our favorite holiday traditions, like a Charlie Brown Christmas or Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer or an Andy Williams Christmas album. (laughs) Or, well, you get the idea. <laughs> so in our very own Popping Collars tradition here, we are going to do a round robin. Uh, but before we do the round robin, let's introduce our hosts, our co-hosts, in case you know you haven't uh, listened before. Let's start with you, Greg.
2: Hey, Greg Knight in uh, Palm Beach, Florida, at the Church of Bethesda-by-the-Sea, where we celebrate uh, Christmas by... Making sure that we have uh, plenty of umbrellas for our cocktails uh, on the beach and <laughs> stuff like that. So Nice. Yeah. Thank you, Greg. And also we have Betsy. Betsy, uh,
0: tell us about yourself.
3: Betsy Gonzalez. I serve as chaplain at the Episcopal High School here in Alexandria, Virginia. And the kids just want to sing the 12 Days of Christmas in chapel but we don't do that until we come back and it's the first chapel back because it's during the 12 days of christmas but everyone just can't understand why i'm making them wait
0: okay so also we have uh our very own midwestern canon to the ordinary liz easton liz tell us what's going on
4: Hey, Ricardo. I'm here in um, Omaha, Nebraska, where, as Greg just alerted me, we had a bomb cyclone this morning. Bomb I cyclone. The bomb cyclone. Wow. They come up with um, more and more dramatic names for weather. So my experience was that it snowed and it was windy and it was not unusual,
3: <laughs> but it was a bomb. And it was not right. the bomb? <laughs> it was no.
0: Not. I'm sorry. No, it
4: wasn't.
0: Okay, and I guess I didn't introduce myself. I'm Ricardo Avila. I am the rector of St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Los Gatos, California, in uh, just outside the Bay Area, within the uh, always creative and always provocative Silicon Valley. Not to derail us, Ricardo,
2: but um, yeah. I always, every time I hear the name of your town, it makes me wonder: Are there a lot of cats in Los Gatos? Uh, no.
0: There are actually a lot of dogs, um, and I'm sure there's a a town fable for that. (laughs) It's
3: uh, gentrification, I think, it's gentrification. That's Not about changing to Los Perros. Los Perros, right? But now the dogs moved in, and it's the worst. (laughs) Exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah, when the cats were here, it was a real working class town. And um, (laughs) somehow these gentrifying dogs with their tech gadgets have moved in okay so um did i say this already i'll say it anyway uh what we're going to do is a round robin and i'm going to ask our co-hosts to um each take a turn at m- naming one of their favorite pop culture christmas traditions be it a movie a-, a film a soundtrack or whatever and tell us why it warms their heart so uh i would like to invite uh someone to go first uh who doesn't Ever get invited to go first? I think Liz Easton.
4: Oh man, mm. I was so yes, you, were- you can do it. <clears throat> Thanks. Yeah, um, it I feel like I need to fess up a little bit that it. I would not say that I am a Grinch. I am not. I'm not like a grumpy Christmas person. But I don't really get into the Christmas spirit. I just, re- I just really don't. I know it's terrible. And it's not for lack of trying. I don't know what it is. It wasn't like that my whole life. I think that my experience of Advent has changed considerably since leaving parish ministry because I don't have one community of faith to travel that season with. Um, So that's a piece of it. I don't have family here. So I don't participate in like the family Christmas stuff that I think a lot of people do. And um, the grinchy part of me is really kind of icky. It feels icky around the rampant consumerism of Christmas. Mm -hmm. That part is grinchy. So I feel like I just need to name that. This is not, I'm not like a blue Christmas longest night person. I'm not, um, I'm not like experiencing residual grief or like, I don't have bad memories associated with Christmas, but not a Christmas person.
3: This is gonna be a barn <laughs> really Wow, excited. this is great. <laughs> for <what> <laughs> is
4: it
3: Krampus? Is it Krampus? Because it sounds like it might be Krampus. But I have to
4: I have to believe I'm not alone out there. You okay. know, I think that there are other people like me who like it's not like I'm down on Christmas. I'm just not like into it. Right. Anyway.
0: Maybe maybe you need to go to the Hallmark channel and I get into do. the mood.
4: I maybe <laughs> you know, do. Um, This this
2: is building up to something amazing. Yeah, I know. I'm just like, wow.
4: (laughs) No, it's not. I just felt like I had to name it. Um, No, so the Christmas exception for me when it comes to movies, there's two. I'll name them both, but really maybe only talk about one. When I was growing up, we watched White Christmas every year as a family. And that's still, I love that movie. I love it. Know all the songs by heart. Cry, um, just predictably every time. I really love that movie. But the movie right. that I really love, I just watched it again tonight to prepare for this. It warms my heart. It also makes me cry. It puts me in the spirit and it is a hundred percent secular. There is nothing religious about it is the Christmas classic. Will Ferrell's elf. Well, what do you Yay, like? Zoe. About elf, Liz? What is it about? Yeah. Elf um, I love It's so sincere. That's the that will Ferrell's character is both like, um, he's childlike in a way that is really endearing and i i feel like is identifying because he actually is an adult he was just raised in this really weird way so there are some ways that he is a grown up but he has this really like naive hopeful expectation of people of everybody that does not, that like cannot be diminished what's this
5: this is the north pole no it's not Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Where's the snow? Why are you smiling like that? I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. Make work your favorite. That's your favorite, okay? Okay. Work is your new favorite. Fine. Time for the announcement. Okay. Okay, people. Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh
1: my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. He'll be here to take pictures with all the children. Yeah.
5: Just keep your receipts. 10 a.m. tomorrow. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Santa's coming to town.
4: Yes. Can you sign this for me. <gasps> <gasps> oh,
2: Hi. Santa's coming.
4: And so it, it, I think that for me, it's a way to sort of experience the season f- from the perspective of a child again, in a way that doesn't that doesn't actually ask me to be a child. I think that for me that might be part of the disconnect of this season is I'm not a child anymore and I don't have children around me very much so I don't experience sort of the wonder of the season through their eyes I guess so even though it is um, entirely secular like you would not know that Jesus had anything to do with Christmas in this movie that's part of what I really don't like about Christmas pop culture Um, So even though that's the case in this elf universe, this theme of, like, love and reconciliation, like, those are very much also the religious themes of the holiday, and they come through. Thank you, Liz.
0: Thank you. Okay. Good job, Liz. Let's see who wants to go next. Well, Betsy, you know, we always make you go first, and so – uh, okay. I think it's only fair to have you go third this time. Okay. No, nice. As long as Greg doesn't take my thing. That's
3: all. Okay, Greg. Well, don't unless take you're going to have thing. yourself go second. I don't, I don't I'll, know. There's, there's, I'll go last. Absolutely. No,
2: go there's absolutely no way I'm going to take your thing, Betsy. I don't because know. Liz has just pointed out two classic examples of Christmas, and when you think of Christmas, like that's a lot of the things you think about. You think of those those staples of the season. You think of things like Elf. And White Christmas and It's a Wonderful Life and Charlie Brown and my pick, Gremlins. You think about these things
3: <laughs> because oh,
1: man.
2: They, yeah. they're just part of the holiday, you know? You just you just right. you're, you're sitting around, you're you're putting up the tree and you think to yourself, like, man, I gotta watch a good Christmas movie. I think I'll pop in Gremlins.
1: Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. Billy Pelser has a nice home. Billy, is that you? Yeah, ma, it's me. A nice job. A nice girl. If you're not doing anything this Thursday night, maybe you'd like to uh, go out on a date with me? I'd love to. And loving parents who are about to give him. You're gonna like this. No, 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 don't shake it. We're gonna have to open it now. We'll wait till Christmas. The most unusual gift he ever got what is it No. it's your new pet come on barney be a good dog my dad gave it to me but there are a few things to keep in mind if you expose it to the light you may hurt it if you get it wet it will multiply all that from water they got wet yeah plain water and most important no matter how much they beg never never let them eat after midnight because when they do they change yeah. Rafe. Yeah. they become clever <laughs> mischievous what's going on here i'm dangerous Reminds, know, huh? little monsters right hundreds of them well I, I don't know maybe thousands they've been here too what are these things? Where do they come from? Look, I know it sounds crazy, I know, but in a few hours, you're going to have a major disaster on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> Gremlins, directed by Joe Dante. They'll be expecting you.
2: Let me make a case. Let me make, do a, it. Case do. make okay. a case. Okay. Here's my case. Uh, Gremlins, you know, classic 80s movie. I, I don't know if I have to describe it or not, but this little, like, monkey creature gets taken in <laughs> by this family. In kind of
3: L- like a Monchichi, if yeah, you really want to like, back <laughs> to kind of, yeah, right? You know. Like, let's just give it another dated reference. There you
2: go. Between, it. like, a gerbil and a, I don't know, <laughs> like, a rabbit uh, it's, anyway, it's, it's a cute lady. It was Baby Yoda before Baby Yoda was a thing. Yeah, Is right. this, uh, it was this uh, mogwai called Gizmo. And he's taken in by his family. Uh, and the mogwai comes with these rules, right? You can't get it wet. You can't feed it after midnight. Because if you violate these rules, then what the mogwai ends up creating are gremlins. And these are these reptilian lizard-like creatures who just run amok and cause chaos and anarchy wherever they go. It's uh, it's not what you think of as a Christmas movie. It's more like a horror comedy. But uh, there are these themes that run through gremlins that make me think of what Liz was talking about when she was talking about this idea of secular Christmas. And what is it? And like why is it that when you're in... Uh, community of faith, there's something that bristles, you know, in your being when you encounter this stuff. And what I've decided is that what Gremlins does really well is it satires this idea of excess. What is it, what is it that we do around Christmas time? We... We buy too much. We eat too much. We do too much. We overextend ourselves too much. We sort of we keep spreading ourselves thinner and thinner and thinner, just like all these little gremlins running around. Right. <laughs> and we just take in and we, we you know, everything is for us. And we just kind of take and take and take. Um, and uh, and that's not that's not what the season actually is. That's actually a perversion of what the season is. But if you were to watch all the Mercedes ads or the Peloton bike ads or the, you know, whatever jewelry ads that are on TV or the holiday, um, Hallmark movies, uh, you know, flying back to Connecticut to reconnect with your boyfriend from the eighth grade. (laughs) Like, (laughs) <laughs> all of these things are really selfish and really destructive things to do. They're not healthy. They're not. A, they're not a way of 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 uh, understanding this season. And so, um, and so what I like about the movie is that it reminds us that if we keep going down this path of me, me, me all the time, all we're going to end up with is just this. This sort of ball of chaos, this little gremlin-y thing running around. And that's not what we want to be. We want to be these agents of love and these agents of peace uh, in the world following, following the way that Jesus shows us in our life of faith. Grimless. I've never wow.
3: seen it. I remember <coughs> being very scared.
2: Oh, yeah? Yes. How old were you when it came out?
3: What year did it come out?
2: 84. 84.
3: 84. I was 10.
2: I would say for for kids it's a horror movie, for adults it's a comedy. Um because yeah. if you're if you're an adult you can see sort of the meta commentary that's going on in it. If you're a kid it's just kind of like these scary creatures like terrorizing this town. Because
3: also the when, um, the Gizmo's so, cute.
2: It's so right, cute. Right. Way cuter than Big Yoda. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> let's have a contest. In the world of consumerism, we can get out over our skis to the point that, like, we're buying things that are useless. You know, because mm-hmm. you're just full of gremlins.
0: That's a yes. A of your choices.
3: So I did have. I had one movie that I swore I thought was a Christmas movie, but then oh. I had to go hunting for it, and I don't think it is a Christmas movie. And that was that first movie. Thought was Uncle Buck, the John Candy movie. But I don't think that was Christmas time. So, so then I was like, okay. So what's my what's my what's the next movie that comes to mind? And it was along the same lines. Charles Dickens,
0: Scrooged. Oh, oh, you almost got me there, Betsy.
3: Well. (laughs) You know, I I I wanted to bring some dickens to the table. So there you go, Ricardo. Nice. But yeah, starring Bill Murray and he is this terrible the youngest television executive on cable and he is producing all of this and it's also I love that it's this early commentary on cable itself as this kind of evil other thing that's that's relatively new and you know, let's do programming for cats. And you know, the night the reindeer died, you know, like all this very, like the world is alarmist. Everything's on fire. (laughs) You should be worried about everything. And then he's visited by three ghosts. My favorite ghost of which is Carol Kane Mm -hmm. as the ghost of Christmas present. And she just beats the ever loving crap out of him.
1: Hi Frank, come on. Come on out and play with me! Hello, Frank. I'm the ghost of Christmas present. I had a funny feeling. Uh, Why did you do that? Sometimes you have to slap them in the face just to get their attention. Fine. Slap me in the face. But you... Kicked me in the wall. It's time to begin the journey. Now, close your eyes. And think. No. You close your eyes. Oh, no. I'm through. Don't good. be troublesome. <coughs> close your eyes. And think of snowflakes and moonbeams and whiskers on Kit. Oh, look. There's Mr. Hedgehog. I wonder where he's going. Perhaps to Holland. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Oh, my jaw! Oh, sometimes the truth is painful,
3: Frank, uh-huh. but it's made your cheeks all rosy and your eyes bright as stars. And I, I like some physical comedy. You know, I, I wouldn't say that it's like my favorite thing, but oh my goodness, the way the two of them play off each other is really amazing and just the lines the zingers just the actors who are great I mean Alfred Woodard's in this movie for goodness sake like it's just a great great film you know Richard Donner right who goes on to do all his action movies and stuff is also you know the the director so it's Mm -hmm. it's it's really nice I really I love I love this movie
0: does it show, it ends up the way the Christmas Carol does oh, too, right? He has the awakening. What, yeah. what does that look like at the end? Like how, was he money hungry and then he's generous or what was he?
3: Well, it kind of comes to, you know, I think cause you start to just kind of see how, I mean, you, you could look at the, at the Christmas Carol as like, is it a nature nurture kind of thing? How has somebody ended up this way? How have they ended up this person? And that it is built on the experiences of the past isn't that you're always just kind of missing it and not looking for it, but you kind of, you paint yourself into that corner processing the experiences that you've come to. And, you know, it all is crescendoing, you know, while they're trying to film this meta other version of a Christmas carol on the show with like sexy dancers and mice. (laughs) They're trying to glue antlers to and Jamie far from mash plays Jacob Marley. I mean, it's, it's a, Nice. You know, that sort of thing. But it's like, it's like the funniest IMDb page when you go to the writers because it's, you know, Mitch Glazer, Michael O'Donoghue, and then there's this black and white photo of Charles Dickens on IMDb as, yes! uh, as the three writers of this material. But
4: That's hilarious.
3: It's just, I just think it's, it's one of, you know, and I was looking through all the different retellings that, have been, that had happened, and I'm actually shocked that no one has tried to do Another mo- more modern remake.
2: The most evocative image from Scrooge that I remember is the Ghost of Christmas Future, which is like true of every version of A Christmas Carol. Like the Ghost of Christmas Future is always like this mysterious, like, you know, Brim- blah, re- re- like, type, what's yeah. it going to be? Um, but in Scrooged, it's uh, it's this hooded figure with a television for a face, mm. uh, and it's just like really creepy. Like the way that it's the way that it's used, it's just like that. I, I remember that as like a standout kind of visual from it.
3: Well, and what is it saying again? You know that, that these films that we seem to be picking. You know, Greg really spun us down a deep lovely metaphorical well <laughs> with gremlins and the way you know liz talking about elf being this relationship commentary of disconnectedness and can we ever be so disconnected that we can't come back to one another scrooge is also trying to take on media and how we the message that we that we send out into the world about what media is the euphemism i think is now christmas spirit right that's the euphemism right. to kind of talk about the idea of thinking of other people, of love, of not always elevating the most expensive thing, but really elevating what actually has the most heart and meaning behind it. Right, which sometimes delves deep into the idea of self-sacrifice. But that's Easter. Like, don't go there. Don't go there yet. We're not selling our hair and you know to get the get the the watch and all. You know that sort all of right. giving away. Right? But I think I think it's all of these are kind of hitting, trying to hit a heart of what Christmas can mean, um, whether you're participating in in it in a religious nature or not.
4: But for those of you who have Christmas spirit, is that like is that real in the world? In the world, <laughs> like, I don't, are you I don't, lying? I don't like I really don't get it. I mean I know we're not a good test case because we all do have faith lives and are involved in church. So whatever we participate in in the larger Christmas thing is going to be informed by that. Mm-hmm. But I just I am so curious about how people who don't have a belief in something religious. I'm just very curious about how they they truly experience the season.
2: I do think that there is this sense, the spirit of selflessness. Like, I think that that is right. part of what people would identify as a Christmas spirit. For instance, like, I don't think that Salvation Army bell ringers are ringing for, like, just Christians. who <laughs> are looking out, like, you know, it's right. like, it's that spirit of, okay, well, I've got a little bit extra, I'll put it in the pot. I mean, like, that is kind of over, overarching everything, I think.
0: Okay, uh, we're at that point of the podcast where I have a number of things to say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So those of you who need to use the bathroom, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, no, I just, I, you know, as you guys made your choices, you know, um, Elf and Gremlins and Scrooged, and um, how you, I think each of you mentioned that it's not specifically religious. I found myself wondering whether, our, our, our culture has just gotten more and more secular. I mean, Hollywood, when you think of re- religious movies, they're usually kind of boring, you know? If if there were a Christmas movie with, you know, Jesus and Mary and, and all that, I mean, it would be like, except for the little drummer boy. That one I cry all the time, but it's because of the little sheep that gets run over <laughs> at, uh, near the end, the little, little sheepy, and then gets reborn, right, because of Jesus. And so um, – Sorry, sidetrack there. Um, <laughs> Spoilers. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, I think, but it's interesting that it's almost like people enjoy the uh, enjoy the Christmas season more if they can take the religion out of it and still keep the good feeling because the religion part, I don't know what. Maybe it just feels so loaded for a secular people. Mm. Or oh, I, I wanna I wanna have these these good feelings and these traditions without having to question whether I believe that Jesus was God or whatever it is that one might do. I, I think people are just – I think people want to be generous, and I think people want to feel good about helping other people. People want a reason that's out there in the world to do good, and it's almost like they're met halfway by the season so they don't have to try as hard.
2: Can hmm. I – Can I? because you you said something, Ricardo, that made me think of this idea – And I use this example all the time in my work, working with children especially, which is that Christmas is the best holiday for me as a Christian educator because it's the one story that's happy, that children generally understand. Yeah. Yeah. um, And that you're able to communicate in a pretty easy and effective way. Um, and it makes me think that there's something about this holiday in particular, and I'm seeing it right now with my girls, um, who are seven and five. Like there's something really childish about the Christmas season, sort of writ large as a secular thing, but also in the way that we use it in parishes and stuff. I mean, it's a, it's why a lot of parishes do pageants featuring children and stuff. Like it has this kind, it has this real connection to. You make real deep connections to it as a child, and so all of the media around it has this childlike quality to it. Um, and I think that that may be something that makes it really appealing to people because it speaks mm-hmm. back to a time when they didn't have bills, and they didn't have a mortgage, and they didn't have a you know their own kids, and like all of this stuff. It speaks back to a sort of a simpler and easier time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like by participating in the generosity part by participating in by watching Charlie Brown Christmas special and all of that stuff it it recalls like that feeling of what it what it was like waking up on christmas morning as a kid and seeing what was under the tree you know yeah. and, and the so mag- one- the magic of that
4: yeah know, i um, can i can connect the the sense of wonder between the Secular Christmas and the religious Christmas, like that, fe- that actual feeling of like awe and wonder that you would experience with everything that's sort of magical as a child. And that that's part of the religious story, too. And I had never thought about that before, Greg, that you can't um, everything about the miracle of the incarnation and, and then the whole biblical story about Jesus's birth is pretty straightforward from a narrative perspective. I mean, it involves an incredible miracle and faith in God, but it's not, you don't have to explain the crucifixion, <laughs> you know? It's Like, it's more, yeah. That, I had well, never and, thought about well, that before. Well,
3: and that's the sneaky thing about, let's talk about two tiny babies and and amazing things happening, right? That, yeah. you know, that Mark didn't have a need for it, John, John either, but yeah. Matthew and Luke used it as a vehicle to explain important parts of where their story was going Mm -hmm. and there's something very sneaky about a baby because a baby it's that's the whole part unassuming 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 and in an unlikely place yeah vulnerable but but vulnerable but called king Mm -hmm. and like that that we all love love an underdog (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, but but uh, there's also this element, yeah, that element of when we really translate fear better to mm-hmm. to wonder.
1: Mm-hmm. You
3: know, awesome, awesome wonder that 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 element because angels show up all the time saying, "Be not afraid." Yeah, right. Very scary.
4: <laughs> but yeah, really cool. Well, it does make sense. I know you need, I know you need to give your pick, but it does make sense that there are moments in everyone's lives where there is um a revealing of something larger than us. And if and if you don't have a faith tradition that can be very hard to um understand or make sense of or like um even acknowledge in in a way that is acceptable and it makes sense that as our culture gets more and more secular things like the secular christmas you know it's part consumerism that makes it more right. you know bigger and bigger every year but i'm beginning to see that that's really only just a part like i get really down on um you know rampant late stage capitalism but it also seems that without having um a religious tradition to cling to the culture will do it for you like you said you you get on for the ride. Like people are probably yearning in lots of ways to express that wonder, joy, awe, meaning making whatever it is. And this is just one time of year when the culture gives it to you.
0: Um I think all the movies we're talking about um uh, are sermons. You know if you think of the mm-hmm. messages in them, you, they're like they're like ready-made sermons that are encapsulated in a movie and people are getting a message about how to live their lives or look at what's out there kind of messing with you consumer wise or et cetera. Or, you know, what really matters is the old hometown flame <laughs> and, not, and not the one you think you love or but whatever. But do they
4: remember you um, because so, of their amnesia? Yeah, right. they have sexy amnesia. They're sexy amnesia. Sexy no amnesia. one knows who
0: you are. <laughs> that hot single dad with sexy amnesia from your hometown.
4: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the meta Hallmark movie.
0: That's right. Oh. Okay, on that note, I'll do my pick. Mine is is super obvious, but it always gets me, and I haven't been able to watch it for a couple of years. It is It's a Wonderful Life. I, I trust you've all seen it, like the real, the long version, the actual version. You haven't seen it, Liz? I ever, I've,
3: I've never watched it. it. You haven't either? Oh, oh my
0: gosh. God. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know.
3: I think we need to it's call our really, parents.
0: It's, I, I think I do. It's really, really good. I think it's profound. And I think out of all these pics, although that's easy to say, it's the most religious. It actually starts with a conversation between Joseph uh, and God and Clarence and Angel, except they're like little stars in heaven that move, twinkle when they talk. You know, you don't know the story. I guess you know the story. Well, I feel like um,
4: I know the basic basic I think I might story. Know. <laughs> I've just never seen it. It's
0: really good. So George Bailey is in this small town, oh, what is it called?
2: Uh, Bedford Falls.
0: Bedford Falls. And um it's it's the movie was made in 1946, but it's about him growing up and wanting to always travel the world and do big things and be grand and etc. And as he gets older in this small town, his father owns a savings and loan that helps the poor people. But there's Mr. Potter, the avaricious banker, who's always trying to thwart Bailey Sr. And so George Bailey, who didn't want to do it, winds up having to take over the the savings and loan and helping the poor people. It's an amazing movie. I don't let the fact that it's a classic stop you. (laughs) It's probably in my top three movies of all time. I'll just say that. Seriously. And I know that my my opinion on movies trends towards pre nineteen you know sixty, but you know basically he has a crisis. He gets to a point where, for whatever reason, the savings and loan is on the brink of like being ruined, and him going to jail. He never got to travel anywhere because he had to stay home and take care of this business that he didn't even want to do. But he marries he marries his you know hometown sweetheart, and they have a nice lifetime
3: movie,
0: lifetime movie. Spinoff. It's it's all about what we value. You know, he wanted all these grand things and he never got them. But in the meantime, he created a community. He helped these immigrants and all these other people get loans for their houses. You know, he has all these kids and a great wife and their figures in the town. But he you know, he he misses out. And his brother goes to war, becomes a hero. Everybody loves him. He splashed across the papers, et cetera. So he has this crisis where the savings and loan is going to go bust. He's going to go to prison. And he realizes that if he jumps off a bridge and kills himself, his life insurance will actually you know, be worth more than he could ever be to his family. So he jumps off the bridge and this angel Clarence, who's a bit of a screw up, Kind of goes in. No, Clarence jumps in so that George right. feels compelled to save him. And then it turns out that the angel says, "Well, I can grant you a wish. I, you can see what your life was would have been. What the world would have been like if you'd never been born." And he sees that everything. Oh my God! I'm gonna start crying. You <laughs> <laughs> oh really had a Lord, wonderful wow. life. It matters. Yeah. It matters what you do. You know, and he gets that lesson. And so he asks to go back, you know, okay, take me back. I don't want to see, uh, it is, I, I want to live. I want to live. I want to live. So they find him. They've been looking for him all night. And what happened was is I'm going to just, this is a spoiler alert. Is that That's okay?
4: Fine. Yeah. Okay. Fine.
0: His wife has called everyone around town that he's ever helped. They said he needs this money to, to bail out the savings and loan, but it's like thousands of dollars or he will go to prison. And every person he ever helped comes and they bring money. They've got like thousands of dollars. He helped me with this and he helped, and I wouldn't be where I am. And oh, Clarence <laughs> the Angel leaves them a, a copy of um, Huckleberry Finn or Mark or Tom oh, Sawyer cool. or something. And he inscribes it and he says, Remember no man is a failure who has friends. Right. And it's just it's an amazing movie. I gotta tell you. And I cry every <laughs> time. I cry now. So you've feel, gotta I've gotta see the darn movie. I, I feel, feel like, like
2: I feel like it's a wonderful life has fallen victim to like meme culture. Like it's 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 become so sort of in the pop culture that people know like yeah. every time a bell rings an Angel gets its wings and like all of right. this stuff. And so it 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 has like you know this big kind of this long shadow that kind of follows it before you even start watching right. it. But when you do right. watch it, and I I I watch it every year, um, because I'm I'm with you, Ricardo. I think it's great movie and it's funny because Frank Capra did not think it was a great movie he right. thought it was like one of his worst movies that he ever made i think it's a powerful example of like what it means to live into a call you know this idea of right. like this is this is who george bailey is and this is what he's supposed to do and it may not seem important especially to the george bailey who wants to jet set around the world but it makes such a huge difference in the lives of all of the people in that town.
1: I want the board to know that George gave up his trip to Europe to help straighten things out here these past few months. Good luck to your school, George. Good luck, George. Good luck, now we come to the real purpose of this meeting, to appoint a successor to our dear friend, Peter Bailey. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to get to my real purpose. Wait just a minute now. Wait for what? I claim this institution is not necessary to this town. <laughs> Therefore, Mr. Chairman, I make a motion to dissolve this institution and turn its assets and liabilities over to the receiver. What, you dirty contemporary. I'll read this next, I mean, George, did you hear what Chairman. that was It's too soon after Peter Bailey's death to talk about chloroforming the building in loan. Well, I think so right. Peter Bailey so died right. three months ago. I second Mr. Potter's motion. Very well. In that case, I'll ask the two executive officers to withdraw. But before you go, I'm sure the whole board wishes to express its deep sorrow at the passing of Peter Bailey. Right. It was his faith and devotion that are responsible for this organization. Peter Bailey was not a businessman. That's what killed him. Oh, I don't mean any disrespect to him, God rest his soul. He was a man of high ideals, so-called. But ideals without common sense can ruin this town. <laughs> now, you take this loan here to Ernie Bishop. You know, that fellow that sits around all day on his brains in his taxi, you know. I happen to know the bank turned down this loan. But he comes here, and we're building him a house worth $5,000. Why? Well, I handled that, Mr.
5: Potter. You have all the papers there, his salary, insurance. I can personally vouch for his character.
1: Friend of yours. Uh, you see if you shoot pool with some employee here you can come and borrow money (laughs) what does that get us a discontented, lazy rabble instead of a thrifty working class. And all because a few starry-eyed dreamers like Peter Bailey stir them up and fill their head with a lot of impossible ideas. Now, I say... Just a minute. Just, just a minute. Now,
5: hold on, Mr. Parker. Just a minute. Now, you're right when you say my father was no businessman. I know that. Why he ever started this cheap penny-ante building alone, I'll never know. But... Neither you nor anybody else can say anything against his character, because his whole life was... Why, well, in the 25 years since he and Uncle Billy started this thing, he never once thought of himself. Isn't that right, Uncle Billy? He didn't save enough money to send Harry to school, let alone me. But he did help a few people get out of your slums, Mr. Potter. And what's wrong with that? Brody, here, you're all businessmen here. do not it make them better citizens? Doesn't make them better customers? You, you said that they... What did you say just a minute ago? They, they had to wait and save their money before they even thought of a decent home? Wait? Wait for what? Until their children grow up and leave them? Until they're so old and broken down that they... Do you know how long it takes a working man to save $5,000? Just remember this, Mr. Potter, that this rabble you're talking about, they do most of the working and paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? Anyway, my father didn't think so. People were human beings to him, but to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Well, in my book, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. I'm not interested in your book. I'm talking about the building and loan. I know very well what you're talking about. You're talking about something you can't get your fingers on, and it's galling you. That's what you're talking about. I know. Well, I, I, I've said too much. I... You're the, you're the board here. You do what you want with this thing. There's just one thing more, though. This town needs this measly one-horse institution, if only to have some place where people can come without crawling to Potter. Come
2: on. It's a great movie. I love it. Yeah.
4: Maybe this movie will do the trick for me. Like, maybe I should, should be at... It. <laughs> maybe I'll if this doesn't, nothing will.
0: Yes. Call is exactly right. I hadn't thought of it that way. You know... And what you do while you're doing the thing that you'd rather not be doing for while, you to do something else actually becomes a life. Yeah. And um, that's a good message for, for clergy yeah. or people who are called yeah. to. Well, it's that,
2: it's that idea of I'll put my yoke on you and take you where you do not want to go, right? But it's where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. Right.
4: Wow. That was amazing. <laughs>
0: It's, a, it's a me. I got to watch it now. It's like,
4: it's, it's
0: two and a
2: half hours long. Um, it, a it fun, fun fact about It's a Wonderful Life. It was one of Jim Henson's favorite movies uh, as a kid. And he named two of his Muppets after uh, two of the main characters in the movie Bert and Ernie. Bert the cop yes. and Ernie the taxi driver. Hello. Yes. Nice. Who kiss in the movie. They do. Sort of.
0: Yeah. <laughs> really. <laughs> well, this yeah. is Ernie's head yeah yeah. So, yeah and Ernie like smacks him over the head with his cap <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to bring up Dickens because Betsy did it so ably but um <laughs> I thought I was going to do uh Christmas Carol Uh-oh. and there's a there's a there's a quote from the book that I just love uh you know how Marley shows up as the first ghost and he was like Scrooge's predecessor in that business and He was a terrible person and he comes up, he shows up as a ghost and he's wearing these chains and he's got this old outfit on. And he says to Scrooge, he says, I wear the chains I forged in life. Mm -hmm. Basically, the things I did that hurt other people are now the chain I must carry through eternity. And if I'd known differently, I would have done differently. Mm -hmm. And so he comes to warn him. It's like, you know, it's not too late for you, basically. And that's pretty profound. And then uh, William was just reading me uh, on the day when Scrooge has his transformation. He wakes up; it's Christmas Day. He says something like, "Gosh, I feel like a newborn. I feel like a baby. That's what I am—a baby." And so that idea of being born again uh, is in there as well, and transformation. So, okay, Dickens. all right. Well, I think that's a wrap, right? Yeah. Let's yeah. Uh, let's close it out. Okay. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, you can find Popping Collars where you found this episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're Again, listen to this. You know where to find us.
0: Yeah, because I forgot where <laughs> you can find it. You can find it on the Apple podcast thing, on is Stitcher,
2: still in existence.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you can find it at Popping. What's the email address or the website? You can find us at poppingcollarspodcast.com. Thank you. I was not prepared for this. But um, you can find it anywhere if you just try a little bit and use <laughs> oh. that
2: Christmas spirit. And if you would like to do some more shopping and sort of indulge that consumer spirit that we were talking about before, buy a T-shirt. It makes a great stocking stuff.
4: Yeah, a Poppin' Collars T-shirt. Yeah, just Ooh, go
2: to our to website, poppincollarspodcast.com. There's a little tab over on the side that says Poppin' Collars Tees. Click that and get a T-shirt.
0: Nice. Thank you, Greg. So, I would uh, like to take this moment to thank my co hosts. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you, Liz. And another wonderful episode. It's a wonderful podcast. And (laughs) um, (laughs) and on that note,
4: everyone. (laughs) That's
0: right. (laughs) We'll see you next time. And remember keep those collars popped.
3: Pop, pop.